When you think of a school learning environment, what comes to mind? A classroom, desks, tables, books, perhaps a smart board or school supplies. These items are all part of a learning environment, but research shows that learning in an outdoor environment has many benefits for our students. Yes, outdoors. Heading outside benefits our students' learning in so many ways. We probably have a general idea that it's good to be outside and not stuck indoors. After all, it's something our parents have drilled into us, but there are real psychological, social, and academic benefits to taking learning outside, just as there are drawbacks to not doing so. Yet, educators continue to spend most of the school day inside. Some benefits to outdoor learning include providing hands-on or experiential learning that taps into the different senses. Students, therefore, are more attentive and will remember information more readily. Learning outdoors can also improve our students' mental health. In our digital society, outdoor learning allows students to focus on nature and the environment around them. It also inspires children to be more physically active and motivates students to work together. Educators may have also heard of land-based education. This is an environmental approach to learning that recognizes the deep connection and relationship of Indigenous peoples to the land. It seeks to offer education pertaining to the land that is grounded within Indigenous knowledge and pedagogy. So considering all the benefits, outdoor learning or land-based learning is something teachers should try. In this episode, we speak with Jordan, an outdoor education specialist, who shares the importance of learning in an outdoor environment and getting closer to nature and the land for our students. Jordan also shares with teachers practical ways that they can get started in changing up their students' learning environment and getting closer to nature. It's time for educators to explore the great outdoors with their students. We hope you enjoy this episode. Jordan Holman is an outdoor education teacher based in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Thanks for joining us today, Jordan, on our podcast. Um, let's start off. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey as an outdoor education specialist? Right on. Thanks for having me here, ladies. I'm really excited to be on. I love talking all things outdoor education. Right on. Um, uh, just quickly about me. I, From early on in high school, I attended um, outdoor school program. It was a uh, kind of an experimental program brought in in the eighties, I believe as uh, a grade 11 program and really enjoyed that. And all the way through university took outdoor education as a minor in my studies in uh, secondary education at the university of Regina. And, uh, from there went to apply that into, um, other schools in Prince Albert where I'm currently based an inner city school that uh, looks at getting kids engaged and involved in different outdoor activities, both uh, culturally and just uh, physically getting them outside where they hadn't before. So did you start off your educational journey as a teacher being an outdoor education specialist or did it just kind of evolve into that along the way? Yeah, I mean, no one ever <laughs> I think as that, right? No, not really. Yeah. Something that you've kind of got to carve out on your own. It's an interest of mine and you've just got to find the right people and bug them enough times that uh, makes your vision kind of come true. Right. So uh, I'm just lucky that I had a few people along the way that 
helped me build that program where it is today. Can you enlighten us a bit about the history and evolution of outdoor education in Saskatchewan? Boy, loaded questions here. Um, as far as I know, outdoor education is synonymous with quite a few different buzzwords nowadays. We've got experimental education, community-based learning, land-based learning. We've got a whole bunch of different words involved there. So it's important to distinguish the difference between all of them. Um, it gets confused in all of the, the other terminology. Um, I like to think of outdoor education as having kind of Ontario curriculum kind of makes it into three bands, kind of like a butterfly is what they call it. One wing is the pre-trip approach before you go out into the outdoors and get your experience. And then, of course, you have your actual experience where you're outside in the outdoors, connecting to what you learned in the classroom or at the school. And then afterwards, you're, of course, bringing it all together, right? Mm -hmm. Taking a look at the experience and uh, connecting up what you learned beforehand and stuff like that. So traditional outdoor education kind of became popular in schools in the 70s. It was uh, really championed in Ontario, I'd say, in British Columbia. Uh, more so than any other province, and quite a few have their own curriculums, standalone curriculums with outdoor education. New Brunswick has a really good one, and uh, BC and Ontario have strong outdoor education curriculums. Um, here in Saskatchewan, we do have uh, STF-backed uh, professional groups, Sask Outdoors, um, that does support teachers in that role as well. So today, you can go reach out to um a professional community of outdoor educators, which is awesome. Can you talk a little bit about land-based education? I feel like that's a, I think it's being explored more. I don't want to say it's a buzzword because I think it was no. more traditionally yeah, for, for indigenous sure. communities, but I think it's now coming back to the forefront. So can you touch on that a bit before we move on? For sure. So, I mean, we always, outdoor education has been attached to schools more than anything public and Catholic schools here in the province and of course we left out the federal system as well which I mean we've got reserve schools that have always done a type of outdoor education mm -hmm. it's just been called something else and encompassed something else that involves more indigenous worldviews um, tying their knowledge of the land and culture and interweaving it with kind of western values and what uh, we believe in as well um, so land-based learning exists all over the province in pretty much every um, Indigenous community you can find for the most part in mm -hmm. some form, whether it's just going out with elders or knowledge keepers. Mm -hmm. And it could be uh, actual program out of the school, which is commonplace in LaRange, Sturgeon Lake. I've heard of a lot of good things. I think Stanley Mission yeah. has a strong one. For yeah. sure. So land-based education is more what Western schools are trying to bring in that reconciliation piece. Right. Right. Um, and trying to take more of a holistic approach rather than just a Western approach to outdoor education. So if we kind of went back to the basics of it, like let's say um, an educator hasn't heard of land-based learning. What would, how would you describe it to somebody? Land-based learning? Yeah. I would say land-based learning is any piece of knowledge from someone else. 
in more of a cultural or traditional worldview and tying it into their applications. So, so it's a really like hands-on experiential getting learning from the land. Yeah. You'll see a lot more planting moose hide and a lot more about cultural practices and uh, spirituality, that kind of thing. Where it might be, I don't know, taboo to do some of that stuff in a separate system even, right? Where you've got Catholic religion involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes um, I know like I'm an educator in a Catholic um, school and it's the area of spirituality and looking at different, you know, whether it's indigenous spirituality or Christian spirituality and kind of bringing the two together and um, they can be done. It can be done Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, so we talked about outdoor ed programs. We talked about land-based learning. So really getting to the nitty gritty of it, why is it so important for our students to go outside and learn? You know, what are the benefits of it? Getting outside the classroom, outside those four walls of the school and learning outside in our environment. Oh, geez. I I think everybody after a year of COVID can attest to how (laughs) valuable that is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Zoom learning isn't exactly the best for anybody, I don't think, in, a, in the long term, right? No. Mm-hmm. You have an natural knack to be outside. It's got so much more stimulus involved, right, um, than the four walls. I believe mm-hmm. that just having kids inside is the way things have been structured and done to make uh, teachers um, teach more efficiently, right? And we have more tools to keep kids on task and stuff like that when sometimes it's not the case, right? They need that stimulus to learn, right? Um, Definitely. It's efficient, but is it effective, right? <laughs> or the freedom to move. Right. I find it's the biggest thing when you take kids outside, they can move and roll around and you know, for sure, run around, which happened to all those senses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Uh, definitely there's lots of benefit to taking our students outside to learn. I think we can all attest to that. Right. And like you said, Jordan, I think the the reality of COVID and what we faced um, with learning online and relying more on technology, which is good, right? Technology is not a bad thing, but it's a balance and we need to also give our students our students experiences to explore their environment beyond the classroom setting for mm-hmm. sure for sure one thing i always find interesting is uh how the behavior issues that some students have in the classroom just kind of i mean they're still there outside but maybe to a lesser degree especially if you can get them like in the forest or not just on the playground so much but like in nature right is a lot of those um regulation issues seem to lessen in some circumstances. Do you find that? Yeah, for sure. As a whole. Yeah, as a whole. Yeah. We always have those individual circumstances that are apart from the rule. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, a lot of kids enjoy being outside, simply enjoying all of the something different from the classroom. Right. And uh, so much more freedom. Let's their mind yeah. wander a little bit. And everything we have now is so much more structured, right? We've got organized sports. We've got rules for everything. And uh, not a lot of opportunity for kids just to be kids anymore, right? And taking a lot of those things away, which 
is a bit of a shame, but mm -hmm. in a set specific uh, time, it's nice to let kids be kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like Brittany, you mentioned about the regulation, you know, I just think of even us grownups, you know, often if we're feeling overwhelmed or stressed, you know, what do we like to do? We like to go for a walk. We like to be out in nature. So why would it be any different for children? And if anything, it would be more so for children who mm -hmm. are figuring out how to regulate themselves and deal with big emotions. And I think definitely giving them opportunities to explore and learn in nature is a positive experience for them. Uh, do you have any recommendations for teachers who are not outdoor ed specialists? Um, but see the benefit of taking their students outside, how can they get started? You know, one big thing we do at our school is um, taking part in Outdoor Education Day. And it's simply one day that teachers are challenged to take as many lessons as they possibly can outside. And you can be amazed how inventive some of those teachers are where they thought it would be such a scary experience otherwise, but since it was open, there was an invitation or a challenge, um, they really surprised me for sure how easy it is actually to take any kid and lesson and transform it into an outdoor education class. Um, math, simply you need some whiteboards and tape measure or the best friend of the outdoor education teacher in math, and we've got Science is, uh, goes hand in hand with nature, right, and biology. And uh, English, we can turn nature into poetry and stuff like that. So, I mean, lots of great applications outside and teachers just need to be brave enough to take that first step or find that mentor in the school to help them if they have any questions. And sometimes that's not available to them or you reach out to those professional organizations like Sask Outdoors in that case. Yeah, I think sometimes teachers get a bit turned off from taking students outside for fear of judgment from maybe even other teachers or their administration in the building. Do you have any advice on how they can deal with that? You already said they can reach out to Sask Outdoors, but um, is there a way they can promote it and just get some understanding? I mean, it depends where you're located as well. Depending on the area of the province, you might have access to different people and resources. I know Regina, for one, uh, in their public school division, they actually have a centralized uh, person you can call and they'll take you out to a nature-based site operated by the school division and hmm. you can explore your outcomes from your lesson uh, with that expert. Mm -hmm. Saskatoon, they've also got a variety of different land-based um, schools even out of specific grades that are all outside, right? So, I mean, they exist in our province and a lot of these people are more than willing to reach out and just talking along with the podcast. There's another one that Sask Outdoors does run called uh, Let's Talk Outdoors. It's a great one to listen to if, you know, you just want to hear a little bit and mm -hmm. uh, take a little dive into the world of outdoor education. And I guess if you then I guess if you need to justify your practices, then it gives you a bit of research backing as to why it's important to take them outside. For sure. I mean, how you're doing it. Yeah. As far as uh, 
administration goes for the most part they're amazing and good um they'll let you take as many opportunities as you're prepared for and uh you just need to take it in small steps if they're uncomfortable about it too right yeah have to be prepared and show them you're ready and if you do make a mistake it happens i'm yeah. you're I mean, you're always going to make mistakes. There's been trips where I've forgotten food, for an item or two of food. <laughs> How do we make pancakes without a certain ingredient, right? Or, oh, forgot, you know, one case of hot dogs. So one of us had to drive to the nearest gas station and, you know, find a substitute or something like that. So I'm early on, of course, my first year of doing it. Learned mm -hmm. some of the pitfalls of it, but yeah, yeah. So Jordan, I have a question. So, you know, I'm hearing more and more and seeing more and more online and about outdoor classrooms. So how do outdoor classrooms fit into this whole idea of learning from the land or learning outside outdoor education? Like, what's your thoughts on outdoor classrooms? Oh, boy, I, I love the idea. Why wouldn't you have a classroom outside, right? Mm -hmm. Um it simply just transforms something that already exists inside uh, to an environment with more stimulus, right? Um, that could provide more opportunity for success for students who otherwise wouldn't see it inside, right? Mm -hmm. Why not take a chance? You've got, depending on the size of the building, 20 some classrooms. Why not have one outside that teachers can access, right? So um, lots of great examples of them popping up all over the mm -hmm. place. You see a whole bunch of different designs. And of course, depending on where you are, there are different regulations and stuff what you can and can't do. But I mean, start simple and then add on to it. And like I said, you, it's all about experimentation and seeing what other people do. But I think they're, they're amazing things. And uh, why not give them a chance, right? Mm -hmm. It's not too much different than what we already have. Just uh, something different for other kids that may not, like I said, succeed in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I guess if a school doesn't have an outdoor ed program or a specialist like yourself, maybe that's something they could lean towards is creating a, a, a classroom, outdoor classroom environment to encourage teachers to take that first step and bring a lesson outside and, and then go from there and see how that goes and how the students react to it and um, and learn from each other, like you said, support each other in, in this journey for sure. Okay, now one thing I'm thinking is we live in Saskatchewan and the reality of living in our province is we have cold weather. We have January, minus 40, wind chilled. Well, even April lately has been a little cold. So how can educators explore outdoor education with our changing seasons, you know? Um, I could see maybe teachers thinking, yeah, the spring is a great time. And I see that even at the school I'm at is, you know, in the fall, we're outside a little bit more in the spring. And then once the snow falls, kind of that outdoor experience is halted just to kind of recess. And even that sometimes gets cut from the students as well. So what are your thoughts on that? How do we deal with our changing seasons and our wonderful winter weather in Saskatchewan? Any advice? Well, I mean, there's no coincidence that British Columbia and Ontario have better outdoor education uh, footing than Saskatchewan does, right? I mean, the temperate climate definitely uh, heightens the ability to do these things. It just means the barrier to entry is a little lower, right? Right. Resident uh, teachers that may not be convinced or, um, I don't know, 
be as excited or motivated to take children outside simply won't do it if the weather's too cold. But you've got great examples, like I said, of uh, like the Wilderness School in Saskatoon that kids go outside no matter the temperature, right? And uh, they enjoy it. They want it if you you two are both teachers, right? So you realize that in elementary school and the weather does get cold, we've got indoor recesses. Those aren't days teachers look forward to, right? I mean, the kids crave that outdoor uh, aspect and that stimulus. Uh, they for do. The brain, right? Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Like I know when um, we have an outdoor or an inside recess due to, you know, bad weather, the kids are disappointed. They want to be outside. And, you know, if given the opportunity and if they've got the right attire to get out there mm-hmm. in cold weather, they want to be outside. You know, they might not be out there as long, but I think you know, even taking um, a lesson outside in January, maybe you don't stay out there for an hour. Maybe you stay out there for 10, 15 minutes, but you can still get the kids out there exploring. And I think snow in itself and frost and all these wonderful things in winter kind of lend themselves to some cool learning experiences for our students or bringing the snow into the classroom, you know, taking some outside stuff and bringing it in maybe could be a, could be a way to explore too. And I think uh, you've built quite a wardrobe of winter gear. <laughs> the students have access to so then I mean you know that old mantra right there's no bad weather there's just badly dressed children yeah (laughs) yeah we we can always deal with the the weather right we just have to be properly prepared for it it's just like anything else if you come to class you need your your pencil and paper right so Mm -hmm. eventually those grade eights will put on their ski pants if Mm. it is cold enough and you're taking I don't know about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, all right, just wrapping things up. If a teacher wants to get more involved in outdoor education or land-based learning, and they're looking for resources, what are some of the best books, websites? You've already talked about a podcast, but what are your recommendations for resources people could tap into? Oh, there's quite a few good books out there that uh, I can think off the top of my head is... Uh, course the cornerstone piece for outdoor education is Richard Louv's uh, Nature Deficit Disorder uh, book. A really great research loaded but an easy read at the same time giving real life examples. A uh, good one if land-based learning is Braiding Sweetgrass by um, Kimmer is her last name. I can't mm-hmm. remember her first but uh, yeah it's an excellent example of her experience She's a biologist and uh, goes through each chapter connecting um, her experience in Western University to uh, connecting it back to her culture. And each chapter is a traditional medicine or uh, plant. So that one, again, is a great resource. And a few other ones that are more practical is another book. I can't remember the title of the author, but the, the book title itself is a uh, good one is Don't Let Them Get Eaten by Bears. Mm. And uh, it's a great one just talking about the practicalities of the Knowles program down in the States uh, and how they take at-risk students outside and the challenges they face and the uh, results they see from taking these kids out there. So a lot of varying resources in there as far as books go. 
And uh, the podcast, like I said, as well, is a great one. And people, people are your best resource, right? Because um, Peter Brown Hoffmeister is the let author of that one. Uh, let them be, let them be eaten by bears. Um, but like I said, people are your best resource because land-based learning and outdoor education, they're all um, region, regional specific. So you're going to have a lesson that works a lot differently and an approach that works a lot differently in Saskatchewan than you will, like we said, in other areas, even Alberta, right? Or uh, next door, Manitoba. So um, find those people. And if you can't, reach out to those academic resources and podcasts and other things available to you. Be my advice. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. Well, thanks for joining us tonight or today on the podcast. Really appreciate sharing your knowledge. Thanks and for having passion me. passion for outdoor ed. Mm -hmm. And hopefully some teachers are inspired to get outside with their students and explore and learn in a, a different approach, a different way, for sure. Thanks, Jordan. Take care.